Hello and welcome to episode four of The Educators. My name is Angela Fares and I am the founder of Full Circle Education and Consultancy. We specialize in providing strategic support for forward-thinking schools, uh, particularly in the areas of inclusion, curriculum design, reorganization and re-engineering with a, with a focus on skills and attitudes for the 21st century. My guest today, I'm very pleased to say, is a woman and Catherine Whitaker is CEO and Head of Learning at EatonX, an education technology company and subsidiary of Eton College. Catherine, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me, Angela. Lovely to have you here. Um, I'll just give all our listeners a little bit of information from your very impressive um, biography. Catherine graduated from Oxford University. She started her career in educational publishing, joining Macmillan Publishers as a graduate recruit. In her career, she has specialised in launching and growing new businesses, which take the latest technology to create new ways of learning. She was also on the development team of the Macmillan English Campus, one of the first online English learning platforms which launched way back in 2003. As publishing director at Collins Language, she created a new English language learning business before joining a Cambridge-based startup, Knowledge Transmission, as Chief Operating Officer. Her various roles have seen her, very luckily, based in Johannesburg, New York, Paris and Oxford, some very choice locations. And she is now at EtonX and she leads a London-based team which creates innovative software and high-quality courses which help students develop skills for their future. Students in over 60 countries worldwide have now taken a course online with EtonX. Catherine also has responsibility for delivering EtonX's commitment to Eton College's ambitious vision to help redress inequality through partnership with maintained schools in the UK. Over 1,000 UK secondary schools have already taken up the offer of free EtonX courses to date. Catherine, that's an incredibly impressive biography and list of achievements. Um, you've been a woman innovating um, in education publishing now for many years. What experiences in your life, your childhood, your teenagers growing up really shaped you and, and where you are now? Oh, gosh, that's a really big question. Um, I think, uh, well, funnily enough, if you'd asked me aged 18, if I was going to end up in education, I would have said absolutely not. My mother was a teacher and I used to watch her marking every evening, uh, albeit she had long holidays. She was um, very, very hardworking and very tired. And I thought, oh, that doesn't that doesn't look like much fun. So my career was really about um, content development and publishing, and that's that's how I got into how I got into education. And what, what's motivated me to stay in education publishing has been the fact that everything you do, if you do it well, is about having an impact for young people's futures. And you know what what could be more motivating than that? There's a kind of intrinsic motivation in working in education, which um, which is um, hard hard to um, replicate in, in other, other forms of publishing, I think. I did have a stint working away from education publishing and uh, working in adult nonfiction, where a lot of publishing is a bit of a punt. It might work, it might not, um, but you don't get to know your audience in the same way. Um, you don't do all the research that goes into producing good learning content and getting to know what teachers need, what learners need. So um, that's 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 sort of been why I've ended up in education and education publishing. And then the sort of the other thing that's been driving me is just the fact that I've been lucky enough to be involved in education technology as well as content development. And that really is an ever changing challenge. Um, and it opens up opportunities all the time to 
to to do new things and to think of new ways of developing content presenting that to learners and and changing the way we we teach and learn and that's yeah, that that constant change and that innovation is just um something that i i really enjoy um i think the question touched a little bit on on being a woman in this world um and what my background taught me or or wh why i might have ended up where i was um hard to say really I did go to a boys public school for my A-levels <laughs> and I think and I've got two brothers I've got two brothers and no sisters uh, okay. so I think I've been I think I've been in quite a male I've been in quite male environments often in my in my background at my school um, I was in a blip year at Oxford in my college um, we were out we, although you know we were moving towards 50-50 girls and boys my year I think had twice as many boys as girls so mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if that maybe that had an impact yep. on my my comfort levels working in um environments that tend to not have as many women in them as you might hope but yeah certainly um, my parents have been a huge influence um because they never treated me any differently to my two brothers uh, and that freedom to to make decisions um you know, my first job was in Johannesburg they let me just go off to the other end of the world and they weren't worrying about me well they might have been worrying about me but they didn't show it so um <laughs> I'm sure they're not worried about you now no, no but they um they gave me that freedom um mm. so I would I would credit them with making me feel that I could I could um enter any world and, and try my hand at it uh, and now you're um affiliated to a school again of all boys which is interesting so single sex education um co-ed education education in general what do you think the purpose of education is in 2021 particularly now that we're all reviewing and reassessing post-covid and 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 what kind of drew you to EtonX with that that educational philosophy well i think the the thing that we're trying to do at EtonX is broaden what education means and you know we know that, that education as in what you do at school is so much shaped by the exam curriculum and that can have a really big impact on um, what students spend their time doing what good schools like Eton but lots of other excellent schools do is obviously take a very broad-based uh, approach to education and I know the uh, current headmaster of Eton um, Simon Henderson has said to me that he feels that students learn as much from each other as from the teachers and as much outside the classroom as inside the classroom and it's it's that ethos that we're trying to replicate with our programs and one of the reasons why we've chosen to focus on um, what sometimes we call 21st century skills I think in the year 2021 it's probably <laughs> I know we need to find another term we need another I see word. <laughs> we yeah, need somebody absolutely. come up with another word at the end of this podcast please yes yeah and it would be it would help us enormously if there was just one umbrella umbrella term but I think we know mm. what we're talking about we're talking mm. about skills like critical thinking creative problem solving entrepreneurship resilience those kind of skills that allow you to cope with whatever comes along whether it's a global pandemic or or just um, ending up in a career that you didn't know existed mm. um, when you were thinking about your options. So that's that's really, um, I think, a very interesting area about um, what we're trying to do and what you know schools are trying to integrate all the time into their curricula. But we're we're helping by doing courses um, in those areas. Um, just just um, we should probably move away from the gender thing. But just just inter mm. interesting point to note that actually 
Eaton X has more female students than male students. Um, it's a pattern that started developing as we. I chose to track that. Um, I was very interested to know what the makeup of our student body was. And the current figures, we have 56% female students um, to male students. And that is... That's interesting to me. I think it's partly because girls, all girls schools, we work with quite a few all girls schools, are particularly interested in, in this kind of skill development for their, for their female students. And I, I find that really, really satisfying to know that um, we're taking the best of an Eton education and um, it's, being, it's finding a home in schools that want, um, want to support students with that really broad based education. And I have had a little go on it myself and tried one of the modules out, which is really easy to follow. And you've you've kind of got it down into resilience and critical thinking and quite a few other skills. And you work your way through modular kind of units. What do you think is the most innovative piece of that platform? What would you encourage people to kind of think about when they're looking at it? If they're maybe considering bringing in some kind of skills development for their pupils and, and looking at how they can recognise that? I think I've pointed to two things. Um, first of all, when we when we first started, people did say to us, "Can you actually teach these skills? You know, these aren't these things that you just pick up or you're naturally good at." And that that's a really interesting debate. And I think there are there are techniques that allow you to say become a more resilient person. And actually, a lot of people who've maybe done executive education have had that kind of training, but we haven't done it for for teenagers traditionally. So we would think nothing about sending somebody on a leadership development course. In fact, I was very lucky to do one when I was um, at HarperCollins. It was an excellent executive leadership development course. And the parts I found most interesting were around better communication, active listening, those kind of skills that we, we have in our course. So I think part of what's innovative is just making sure that we present those tools and techniques and give, give opportunities to practice in a way that is a formal programme of study, um, which does acknowledge the fact that it's possible to to learn internalize practice and keep this toolkit with you for life the other thing i'd point to because we we've been talking about the sort of content side of things we do also develop our own technology so and that's a really fortunate position to be in when we're thinking about how to create a course we're also thinking we're not just thinking about what the content should be but actually developing the tools to present the content in a certain way one of the things we did um, when we when we launched the programme in 2018 was realise at that point there wasn't a virtual classroom that we liked the look of out there. We ended up building our own. Now, obviously, in the last year, uh, everyone has... Everyone has a virtual everyone, classroom now. <laughs> um, many, many people have been forced to have a virtual classroom experience. Mm -hmm. But mostly what's been used is video conferencing platforms designed for meetings between adults, between peers. And so I think one of the most innovative things about our platform is that the classroom itself has been designed for educators by educators. And that means there are certain things that schools take incredibly seriously that, say, a video conferencing platform won't have maybe thought through in the same way. Safeguarding is one of those mm -hmm. things. The fact that the tutor has more control over the environment than the students do, because in real life, classroom management is part mm -hmm. of what a, a teacher does. And also just just tools that allow communication between students live in the classroom so the ability to co-create content for example in in the room um, rather than separately on their laptops and then having to share it afterwards so that's been fascinating to develop but then of course there's been this enormous acceleration of that technology so we're now in a process of, of upgrading 
the virtual classroom because some of those large players have cottoned on to to, to what works and we're learning from them. So it's uh, it's just been this incredible burgeoning of interest in in that way of teaching and mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people have begun to realize the possibilities of using those kind of tools so we're now actually licensing our technology to education other education organizations as well as running our own courses because of this huge change that we've seen over the last last 15 months and, and it's just a case of being increasingly agile isn't it to make sure that you're constantly innovating and constantly making those changes I mean how do you keep a, an eye on what's happening and how do you keep that innovation stream running absolutely it's a really important part of what we do we have to be really aware of, of what's going on out there and um, so that's that's um, I, I quite often you'll see me popping up in competitors webinars that happens that happens a bit <laughs> I don't think you're alone there <laughs> so I'm always you know, trying to find ways of finding out um, what other people are doing, talking to teachers as well. And one of the interesting things in education technology is that you can think up all sorts of wonderful tools and features. Are they actually of interest to, to teachers on the ground? Is it something that really resonates? Is it going to solve a problem? Is it going to have an impact on the students? So mm. um, the, it's one thing keeping an eye on what's going on out there. It's another thing making sure that you're plugged into to real teachers uh, yeah, we have our own we have our own tutors for our own courses but we then also work with institutional clients all over the world and making sure that we we really understand what of all the options is available is actually working and of interest because I think that there is sometimes this disconnect between the sort of whizzy tech and all the fun stuff you can do and actually what has an impact and what teachers have the time and the money and the willingness to integrate into to what they're already doing. So making sure that you don't get a bit too carried away on the innovation mm -hmm. versus the, the reality of implementation. Implementation is a huge, huge part of it. Yeah, and that, that feedback you mentioned from teachers and students, I'm, I'm really interested to know how, particularly in these UK state secondary schools, what's been the feedback from teachers and pupils? Was there a reluctance first because it was see, seen as Eton and quite elitist or were they very happy to kind of take EtonX on board and, and what have they found? How, how have things gone? We were absolutely bowled over by the by the interest. Um, so it was this this time last year. It was um, in the early days of the the lockdown. We had a meeting uh, one Friday, and we thought, what what can we do? You know, schools are shutting. Um, we've got this online tool. We must be able to do something. Um, very much driven by Eton, a very quick response to to the crisis and. We had the same thought. We weren't sure how how the reception would be, but we were we were absolutely inundated with interest. And I think in in the first lockdown, it happened so fast. Schools were really desperate to make sure that students were going to be kept busy, that there was enough provision online for them. And it was you know, it was just panic stations, wasn't it, <laughs> to, to try and get try <laughs> and get programs up and running. Um, so we we were really bowled over by the response and. Um, it was it was all hands on deck. We we had to use Eton's admissions team to help process all the all the inquiries and get all the codes out to schools, uh, and we could you know could barely keep up with the demand. Over the over the summer last year, what we did is we then we then sort of built out some tools to make the whole process a much much more mm -hmm. streamlined and not need lots of lots of people on our side to to process the 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 interest. But that uh, we've seen we've seen that interest sort of wax and wane depending on what's going on mm. in in the schools. So yeah. when the schools have been locked down, the obviously the demand for curriculum supplements go, mm -hmm. goes up. In the normal run of things, um, we're where we find 
schools are most interested is when we're fulfilling a particular need mm -hmm. so uh, we've done a lot of work with schools where we want to build out their uh, career readiness provision so we've got a course on cv writing and job interview skills and i know with the the need for schools to meet the Gatsby benchmarks for um, mm -hmm. career preparation. Some of our courses have been very popular for that. So I think in the normal run of things, our courses are useful where there's a particular need uh, and a school wants to sort of improve provision. Um, mm. But as I said, last year was the school's lockdown. And again, early, early this year, the demand shot up just to make sure that students weren't missing out on, on yeah. by, by staying at home. And, and what's your vision? Finally, for EtonX, what do you envisage the education world looking like with EtonX in it? And what will students be like when they come out having sampled a little bit of EtonX? Well, I think there's so much potential. I and mean, one of the things that I've, I'm most excited about that we've launched this year is that we have developed a tool to try and benchmark students' skill profile when they, when they arrive on one of our courses. And these are not, you know, these are not easy things to test. You know, there is no mm. curriculum for something like creative problem solving or, um, or verbal communication that there aren't there aren't there isn't an exam syllabus there aren't benchmarks um, it's very difficult to decide what to test and in, in, indeed whether you should be testing these things mm -hmm. but we've created a, a skills diagnosis tool that maps uh, students progress from the start of the course to the end of the course mm -hmm. and that's the first step and what I hope will be a as we get more and more students um, coming and and doing courses with us we'll be able to spot use that use the data generated by those um uh, by those tests and by engagement with our courses more generally to understand some of the some of the um gaps in students uh, abilities um we want we'd like to see how that varies by different regions across the world there could be a gender difference between some of those even so i'd like to get us into the position where we're really expert in understanding students skill profiles and and needs and continue to develop um, materials and courses to help them with those and I think you know, there'll be all sorts of things we can do on the technology side to to help with that but I also think um, as I mentioned because we've been through this journey ourselves we're seeing and partly also I think because of Covid we're seeing other educational organisations um, international school groups um, and other other forms of education providers like English language teaching organisations mm -hmm. they've begun to become aware of what they can do online and it doesn't have to be 100% online it could be could be a hybrid provision um, mm -hmm. it could be online offline they're very interested in what we've done in terms of not just being able to create content but you, to deliver that content too so I think that's um, the side of the business where we're licensing um, our technology and using the know-how that we have within the mm. team here is going to be something that grows as well and yeah I'm really looking forward to helping other organisations expand their offering, expand their reach, and using the kind of the, the schools, the quite specific skill set we have here within mm. EtonX, and that's that's publishing, it's software development, it's operations, it's it's online safeguarding, all sorts of elements. I'm really looking forward to helping other organisations use the same tools that we have to create their own programmes, their own high quality programmes. And that's so good because this series, The Educators, is about supporting 
the education sector to innovate, um, particularly with skills and attitudes and looking at different ways to use the curriculum and to to follow the guidance really in the World Mm. Economic Forum for making our students really ready for the world that's out there and well prepared. Well, Catherine, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I could listen to you for a very long time because you're so listenable too if that's a phrase Um, so thank you so much for joining us on the Educators, and we will definitely be following Eton X and um, look forward to seeing the growth and those those students developing um, through the platform. Thanks so much Angela it's been a pleasure. So that was Catherine Whitaker, CEO of EtonX. Thank you so much, Catherine, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Now, if you'd like to know more about future-proofing your school through strategic development, then contact Angela Fairs, our host, by visiting www.fullcircle-education.co.uk or you can email her directly. It's angelafairs at fullcircle-education.co.uk. And if you haven't yet followed this podcast, then now really is the time to do it because then when the next episode comes out, you'll get a small notification to let you know that it's there. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.